Hello and welcome to the first official podcast of the Women's Workshop hosted by yours truly. Um, I'm Ella, I am an art graduate from the University of Leeds and this is my co-host Immy. Hi, I'm Immy Middy, I'm a self-producing musician, daughter of an art and design teacher. So for us, the first segment today, we're going to talk about um, just what's going on with the Women's Workshop at the moment. So for those of you who don't know, uh, the Women's Workshop is an online community we're setting up to support female artists. Um, eventually, we're hoping to host online exhibitions and workshops, etc. Um, so just a few housekeeping bits. Uh, we just wanted to announce our Ugly Art competition, which is currently going on on Instagram under the handle the Women's underscore workshop. So the ugly art competition is, you've guessed it, making ugly art. Immy, what do you think about ugly art? What would you define? Ugly ugly art's really important. I'd define it as stuff that isn't necessarily something that people want to see. But it's important because art is supposed to reflect the world and not everything in the world is what we want to see. And it's important to get the fact that some things aren't aesthetically pleasing and some things aren't necessarily pretty into the into the uh, space i love things that aren't aesthetically pleasing like anything that's just crazy weird like blood and guts gore like my favorite version of ugly art is sort of like cinematic photography which is just like gore but in a really sort of gruesome, creepy, disturbing way, like Cindy Sherman, she's my fave. I'm a massive fan of like special effects makeup. Um, There's a drag queen called Bitch Pudding who just does the most amazing, gory blood stuff. That is the best name I've ever heard of, Bitch Pudding. Yeah, it's got like X's and Q's in there. It's spelt really weirdly, but it is pronounced Bitch Pudding, I think. So, right, ugly art competition. So basically, we're hosting on Instagram. All you have to do, you can do it in any medium, sculpture, photography, film, animation, illustration, anything you can think of, basically. Create the ugliest piece of art possible and tag me uh, at the women's underscore workshop and um, Quirky Buns, who is co-hosting it with me. So that's Quirky Buns as it sounds, all lowercase, she's co-hosting it. And if you win, you get a free pair of her amazing handmade earrings. Um, So please do enter because we love to see ugly things. And those earrings are astounding. I was going through the Instagram, like just before we started the record. And honestly, they are just the most hideously beautiful little things I've ever seen. They're amazing. There's this um, there's this other artist on Instagram called Kimmy Shimmy. Um, I think that's Q U I M M Y Shimmy, and she does like these really realistic miniature sculptures of like baby heads and like fetuses and hearts. And I know it sounds weird, and it is weird, but it's really really cool. And she does like little earrings and stuff. Like I really want to get some earrings that are like you know like Barbie barbie head doll things or something like that something really odd so when i used to work in a world-renowned leeds gay bar um there there was somebody who used to come in that like had they they looked like actual like bath toys but they were instead of like rubber ducks they were like babies as earrings and they were the most bizarre things i've ever seen 
love I love bizarre earrings. I've actually got my obsessions at the moment are earrings and sunglasses, which is odd because like you don't really get to wear sunglasses that much in the UK, but I just love collecting sunglasses. All I need now is loads of those mannequin heads so I can display all of my sunglasses. <laughs> um, right, so some more housekeeping before we go off on a tangent, which we're not going to do because we're sticking to a schedule, but we're also going with the flow. So basically, our upcoming podcasts that we've got are going to be with at Mystic Illustrations on Instagram, also known as Sasha Smith, um, who does these amazing illustrations. And we're going to be talking about tracing. Um, so that will be coming up next week. And the week after that, we are interviewing soy mistake that's s-o-y mistake i'm hoping you know how to spell these last words so i'm just saying it as it is but anyway jackie also known as soy mistake is also an amazing illustrator and we're really looking forward to talking with them um some other bits the website which some of you may have heard me talking about is in the process of being built but as i have a full-time job it is a very slow build uh, however now i've got Immy on board as my partner she's going to be helping me a lot more and uh yeah tell us why you wanted to get involved with the women's workshop Immy. it's just it's really important to get some recognition for female artists and i saw you were struggling a little bit and as i have an abundance of time on my hands because i was made redundant because of corona uh i thought why not why not just ask if i can help so i've been doing some website stuff today i've been writing blog content and mini mini essays for the for there and i will also if you message me on instagram at imi midi i double m i m i d i um, I will get you down if you want to be on the podcast as that as well. I'm basically doing all of the organisation stuff and Ella does all of the creative stuff. Um, but also, if anyone else does want to get involved, if you want to like write some blogs, if you have some free time, uh, feel free because it's just the two of us at the moment, which is really fun. Uh, but yeah, we just want to build and meet as many people as possible. Sorry, I meant to say build a community there and meet as many artists as possible. So if anyone does want to get involved, feel free to message us either at at Midi um, or at the women's underscore workshop. Um, so today we will be interviewing an artist to get to know a little about them and their work. Um, but seeing as we don't have our first official interview till next week, we shall be interviewing Immy, who is an artist in her own right. Yeah, I am a musician. I do all of the graphic design for my music. Uh, I compose for other artists and... I do a little bit of video work, but I'm not great at it. I'm only just learning, to be honest. But Immy does the most amazing, insanely cool music, as well as um, drag performing. Uh, we went. I was just going to bring it up because we were talking about kind of ugly art and stuff before, and I just wanted to chat really quickly about that amazing performance you did with all the, the blood and stuff. Yeah. Because there is a video version of this podcast going to come out on YouTube, so I will flash a picture of it up now. Prepare yourself. There we go. The picture should be on there in, in front of you. It's hideous. It's beautiful. It's blood. It's everything you want from ugly art. Immy, how would you describe your genre of music? 
Um, electronic pop, goth, disco. Wow, that's quite a selection. So what, yeah. do, you, what do you do to that? Say, electronic pop music, because it is... I'm a firm believer that there are only actually three genres of music. Four genres of music, which are pop, experimental, traditional, and classical. So, and it's electronic, so it's electronic pop. And then funk, because I really like funk rhythms and funk bass lines and a little bit of funk guitar. And then goth, because if you're watching the video podcast, you can see how much of a goth I actually am. And again, goth guitars just speak to me. There's nice bit of room and a nice bit of dirt. And I just like make it like there's so much raw emotion in goth music that I feel is important to get across. Who are your favourite goth artists? Musicians. The Cure. I mean. Oh, yes. Robert Smith is my absolute icon. Oh, I just, I honestly wanted to be him when I was younger. Like, I went through a goth phase, but only, like, as a part-time goth because I was at school in the week because I went to boarding school. And then on the weekends, I was a part-time goth. I remember being furious, actually, because he used to wear black eyeliner on the weekends. I know, such a rebel. Um, and I got told off, like, on the Monday, literally, like, two days after I'd put the eyeliner on for wearing eyeliner. And it was it was a sad time. I felt like my gothhood was being rep- repressed. I should also, not technically goth, shoegaze, but I should also mention MBV, because I've met the bassist from My Bloody Valentine, Deb Googe, and she is incredible she had so much time for me and she actually um called your boyfriend i got her to call your boyfriend um and tell him to stop and tell him to uh, stop playing fifa and go and practice the bass <laughs> oh my god that's so cool how did you meet her uh it was at a um queer music um convention in leeds uh she was doing a panel with queen z and it was just a really interesting little panel about two different generations of queer performer. Oh, I love My Bloody Valentine. I love like all of that album covers as well. I was going to say, um, oh, I'm really bad with album names, but the one with all the pink on it really reminds Loveless. me. Loveless. Yes, Loveless. Um, reminds me of like the fuzzy effect that you have on one of your um, like art pieces. You know, the photograph with the blue and the red outline of you. Oh, yeah. Um shout out to zoe for that one. Oh yes where can we find her on instagram it's at sz creative um she took she basically does all of my photos we've been friends for ages she's basically done all the photos of me and edited them and good god she's incredible we will be sharing more of her on the women's workshop page also if you do want to be featured do let us know um so what are the current trends for the genre and that you're currently singing about like what's what's going on in that genre at the moment or those genres so with electronic music at the minute especially electronic pop music there's a lot of interest in how to make the performances a lot more fluid a live performance a lot more fluid because lots of people are either pressing the samples and letting it go or um attempting to build the song up and that makes a song twice the length than it actually should be when it's live so my favorite artist ever who i will name later because in the segment after this i'm going to talk more about her has um developed a way of making music with uh, she's developed some gloves that allow you to control the music and make the performance more fluid 
What? What do you mean? What do the gloves do? So the gloves act as a controller for your computer, and you can uh, like there's different hand signals. Like you can do that, and it'll start recording, and then you can play the drums, and then oh my you god, can that's play so pop. cool! Yeah, they're called the Mimu gloves. They are amazing. Are they expensive? I'm betting they're pretty expensive. I think they're like five grand a piece. So for just for, for one glove, glove, it'd be five grand. Yeah. What? But what if your other hand gets cold? <laughs> like, what, what are you going to do with one glove? Like, Michael I Jackson had it going on, but still. You can put different commands on different gloves. So one hand could be like record, playback, and certain instruments, and the other instrument, the other hand could be different instruments and like slowing stuff down and adding reverb. Oh my god, that's so cool! There's so much yeah. like crazy. Like, do you know anything about like new music technologies that have come out recently? You know, aside from the gloves. There's not really much to do with performance uh, or writing music. It's not really changed that much, but. In terms of artists getting paid, uh, there's a thing called blockchain. I have no idea how it works. It's like a cryptocurrency. Uh, I was told as part of my master's degree that I should write an essay about it, but I chose not to. I do not understand cryptocurrencies at all. Is that like Bitcoin? Is that a cryptocurrency? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. what does that mean? Like virtual money? What are you supposed to do with that? What uh, can the you idea have? is that you sell the virtual, it's like stocks, you sell the virtual money and you get real money for it. And what's the point? Why not just have real money? If you're just using fake money to buy real money and it's worth the same, look, who invented that? Who came up with that? I don't know, but this blockchain stuff works a little bit differently and I did look into it, but all the big words made my head hurt. Did you, um? I'm gonna tell you something really sad really quick. I, did you ever hear of this app called Episodes? I have spent I have spent so much time with episodes and oh another one God, called, called I think it's called Chapters. I have done I've undownloaded it and redownloaded it so many times. No, but the sad thing about me, right, is I got really into it. I did all of them. They had like the Mean Girls, they had twice they had all the different like big movies and big TV shows, and I went through them all and I got so into it. I started spending real money on fake things. I started, they'd be like, do you want to pay two pounds to buy this like fake virtual dress? And I'd be like, oh my God, yes. And then if she bought that fake virtual dress, she would get the job that she was going for. And I was like, oh my God, totally worth it. But I literally ended up spending like 40 pounds on fake things for my fake person. This is why I love you because you're absolutely mad. I know. Okay, how and why did you first become interested in music? What inspired you? That's a really difficult question. Um, in terms of the stuff that I'm doing now, uh, there was a couple of songs that I heard and was like, oh, and some performances that I was there to see and was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I want to be able to do this. So I just attempted to do it. I just... What are the main topics you explore in your work? Like, what what are the things you like to focus on when you're singing? I do the classic two that most songs are about, love and death. Of course. Which we we spoke about before, how every song is about love and death, and even the ones about death are about love a lot of the time. But I also talk about um, mental health, um, being transgender, 
Uh, and on my new EP, there's a song called Armageddon, which is about how all the world's governments and all of our being wasteful is just going to make the planet explode. I mean, it's a pretty valid view. I'd listen to that. Yeah, it's, it it's really fun. Armageddon Actions Have Consequences is the full title of the song. Oh, I love songs with long song titles. I wish more music would have really long song titles. If you're writing a song and you, you just go, oh, the, the title's just going to be the, what I say in the chorus. Boring. No! You can, call that song, you can call that song anything you want. I like it when there's a, ba- there's a band that I have been listening to called The Cavaliers, and they've got some, like... One of their song titles is If I had 50p for every time you stabbed me in the back I'd be looking at about £1.60 I love stuff like that where it's, They don't ever say that in the song That that title exists Completely differently to the song I, See I love that It's like um, Well to be fair that's the same with um, This is my slight guilty pleasure But I still actually think he's amazing Panic at the Disco Lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off <laughs> And they don't say that once in the song either Anyway, so do you believe music to be an art medium and why do you believe that? Absolutely, it's a performing art. I what, like, what believe do you define that... an art medium as? What do you perceive an art medium to be? Right, I've done a lot of cre- essays on creative on creativity. One of them will be available on the website. Mm-hmm. So, and we're also going to be talking um, about it in a little bit, so that's yeah. what we're to. Um, I would define art form as a means of expressing creativity i agree so performing arts like acting and um music and what have you definitely arts um though they though they differ a lot from more classical art forms they are means of expressing creativity do you think maybe some art forms are less appreciated or more appreciated than others and why? We listen to music every day, we watch TV every day, but do we we don't go to galleries every day. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. But I suppose it's more, it's... there has been a sort of shift to like digital as well though, so can't like is viewing art online not I mean I know it's not the same as going to a gallery, but yeah, but art online is so easy to steal. Yeah. Well, if not if you're a really a famous painter like Pablo Picasso. You're not going to be able to rip off one of his pieces. Although, actually, he yes. was a dick. I'm just going to say that now. Pablo Picasso was actually, like, an arsehole. Found that out recently. Also, apparently, Mother Teresa, but we'll get onto that at a later date. Fun fact about Mother Teresa. One month after I was born, she was dead. <gasps> it's There's me. something about you coming into the world. You killed some people. See, I killed the Bride of Frankenstein. The the woman who played the Bride of Frankenstein died on my birthday. 1998, 13th of November. That exact day. Pretty much at the same time I was born. I think I might have been embodied by the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. <laughs> I'm thinking... I, I'm, a firm, I'm a firm believer in, like, reincarnation. So. Same. I love reincarnation. Spooky. Spooky. I think as well, you know, deja vu. Oh, yeah. 
I really do think deja vu is remembering things from your past life. Like, I'm sorry, but like what? It's such a weird feeling. Like what other explanation is there for it? I don't know. I think that <sighs> going into conspiracy theories here, but what? I think that humans admit a small psychic field and we cannot, we have a degree of being psychic and can in some cases predict the future. I think people talking to ghosts is bollocks. What? How can you think that's bollocks and yet think that people can predict the future? How does that work? What's I that thought process? I don't think people can, I don't think people can predict the future. That's a poor word in it. I think people um, can see small parts of what will happen or chance of things that have a chance of happening before they happen speaking i don't believe in ghosts so that's why i think people speaking to ghosts is not real but right well for someone who conducted a seance last weekend i thoroughly disagree with that (laughs) i well i've never actually seen a ghost though but i 100 percent believe in ghosts but really quickly before we do actually get back to um music um i think that Oh, I've completely lost my trail of thought. We're talking about deja vu. I was going to say something really insightful about that. (sighs) Let's just go back to the music questions. It's completely gone now. I feel like I was going to have this great revelation and it was going to be like mind-blowingly good and now it's just gone. Okay, we were talking about art mediums and music. Yeah. So I think we've agreed that music is an art medium. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk about women and art now. So how do you think being a woman affects your work in your industry, in music? I think that there's, outside of like the top, like outside of the top artists like Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, there's a distinct lack of women in music education and in going into music industry and stuff like mm. I've noticed since coming out as trans and living as my true self every day that it's suddenly become a lot harder to break through and I don't know if that's because I'm trans or that's because I'm a woman that's a question that I don't think anybody can answer but during my undergraduate degree and my master's degree there were not many women in the music courses at all mm. and it I can't figure out why do you think it's something to do with if girls aren't choosing to study music do you think there's maybe like a social reason for that like maybe somehow very subtly we're told not to go into it or i don't know well we'll go into it in our big question at the end in our big essay question yeah Yeah, um okay so We've established like there is a problem though, obviously with not enough women being in the music industry. So what do you think we can actually do to create some more equality? It's as simple as we need to find women who are doing well as solo musicians, as producers, as composers, and celebrate them a bit more so we can get girls more inspired by these people and also access to technology is a big thing um and again we'll talk about that later something to look forward to um do you think music has changed and your style has like evolved in any way like your type of music do you think as you've been making it it's evolved 
absolutely. If you listen to my first two EPs, The Leeds Queen Project and Antimatter, they are full electronic, like thumpy, experimental, a little bit weird stuff. And I've recently slowly gone a bit more poppy, added guitars and bass guitars. I've decided that it's not a real, it's not an Immy Midi song if it doesn't have 9,000 layers of vocals. <laughs> Do you, do you prefer it? Like, do you prefer your music now to your music back then? There's, or do you like both? I like both, but you can tell that there's a point where I got happy. <laughs> it was very, like, the stuff that I did before I drifted into pop is very dark and serious. And then this newer stuff that I'm doing is a lot lighter. There are some dark songs, but most of it, for the most part, it's light 80s pop nostalgia yeah i think like in any sort of art medium your style always changes quite a lot probably just because like you're informed by different experiences and like different inspirations but yeah i think i always prefer the place i'm at now to the place i was back then but i think it's probably just because it's different like i always think the art i created later in life was a lot better than the stuff I created a couple of years ago but probably just because like I see more artists like it really helps me if I'm having a complete creative block to look at loads of really really cool artists like go on Pinterest do all the artsy things and like I think that really helps. It does and your interests now are different to your interests then you you as a person now are different to you were back then. Personality is a very fluid thing and the more that you get socialized or see things that are happening in the world, the more that that's going to shift your actual view of stuff. God, I'm boring. <laughs> You're not boring. I was actually just saying to my friend earlier, not about you being boring. I wasn't wasn't talking about you. I was talking about me. I was talking about how I literally do not think I've changed since school. Like, I think I've become slightly more mature and like just like my approach to life and a little bit more slightly calmer just not as bothered about things but also like the exact same weirdo chatterbox that i've always been you've changed since i've known you have i how how so yeah. you're more self-aware you know that you uh, like for example you know that you just keep talking and that you you, you don't have a stop or an <laughs> off button <laughs> whereas when i first met you i was like can i can i speak please <laughs> i know i find it very hard to stop talking but I am, I'm, I'm trying very hard. I'm trying very hard to be better and not to babble as much. And speaking of, let's move on to the next question. So, <laughs> what song are you most proud of out of everything you've created? What's your favourite? Uh, make Me Wanna Woo Woo. I haven't listened to that. It's from the album Pink. It is a, like, electronic salsa funk samba thing. It's just so good and it's got the catchiest chorus i've ever written and all pop songs is about all pop songs are about the chorus and this just has the best chorus ever do you think pop songs are underrated i think like your traditional pop song is in terms of artistic value people don't give them enough credit there's a there's a lot more going on than people give them credit for Who's your favourite pop artist? Britney Spears. It's between Britney Spears and Madonna. I just think oh, that... Oh, yeah. Madonna's a legend. Performance, self-awareness, um, 
and the fact that all of their songs, or at least for the most part, are fun, and they have a sense of fun. They're yeah. not serious. They 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 know that they're pop music, and they know that they're going to be looked down on, and they just they have fun with it. Yeah. I think I like both. I like like the really happy music, but I also like my really depressing stuff. Like my go-to sad girl listen was obviously like Lana Del Rey. <laughs> I would just listen to her for ages and I'd like, I'd just be in my room like, oh my God, I'm such a sad girl. And I'd, I'd, I'd revel in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like serious arty music too, but sometimes I just want to feel I just want to have some fun and for me there's no more there's no more fun I can have than just turning on getting to the groove by Madonna and just just letting loose yeah that song has so much energy and it's just one of the most creative pieces of what a lot of people consider trash I've ever listened to well it's like if you go to like a house party or something like I remember having a house party and creating what I believe to be the best playlist of all time but I put so much sad slow stuff on there I was like I put on like slow dive cigarettes after sex like really like synthy slow and like no one wanted to listen to it because it was a party and they all just wanted to dance which was fine because I did too but I would have danced to sad slow music see this is why I can't ever host a pod host a um, party because my playlists are absolutely mad. Like my current playlist that's in my rotation, it goes like Taylor Swift, Biffy Clyro, um, and then all of a sudden it goes into like Cradle of Filth or some ridiculous hard gothy stuff. I love that though. I love variation. I'm very samey. I stick to my edgy art girl music, which is very sort of like. I don't know how to describe Fiona, her Fiona other Apple. than... Huh? Fiona Apple. I don't know Fiona is... Apple. Oh, Fiona Should I know crazy. Fiona Apple? Yeah, the definition of AJR girl. Uh, Frankie Cosmos, Girlpool, Diet Sig, uh, Phoebe Bridges as well has recently sort of become semi-edgy indie but also a little bit poppy. But yeah, just like anything sort of slow and sad and like maybe sometimes a little bit shouty i quite like but not metal shouty though like i wish it could be a cool metal girl but i just i can't i can't listen to her um anyway who would you collab with if you could collab with any musician like anyone famous not famous friend foe who would you do it with i'm lucky enough to actually know this person and i've collaborated with them before and i had so much fun doing it because I knew, at the time I knew absolutely nothing about music theory and my vocal lines were insane and she had to try and harmonize with them and we spent at least two hours trying to figure out what the hell I was singing and it's a singer songwriter producer called Orla O'Dwyer Um, I will I can't remember her Instagram handle but be somewhere I will find it I'll flash it up on screen now there we go <laughs> Um, yeah, she's just amazing, and I What's absolutely adore her. Do? Similar thing to you? Similar genre? Um, no. She's like blues, jazz singer-songwriter, very, like, Etta Jamesy stuff. Okay, how would that work with you, then? How do you, like, how would you mesh together? I just love her voice. I would do all of the music, and I would just go, 
can we do like some low-key funk electro pop stuff like like some like a slow sort of Jamiroquai song but with your vocal do you like do you think you prefer that to actually singing or do you prefer the singing and the producing of it do you have a fave i i hate my own singing voice but i think Why? that's a trans thing You've got a great singing voice. I've honestly, I mean, to be fair, I, I listened to one of your songs on repeat, but it's because I've got a problem with like, if I find a song I really like, I just listen to it over and over and over again until I get completely sick of it. But I'm not at the point where I'm sick of it yet. So that's a good sign. Yeah, I, I like doing the music stuff. I feel that like there's more creativity I can put to use there. But I just, yeah, I, I just, I want the opportunity to write for other people. I'm actually writing a... I've actually written an EP for a Leeds drag queen, which will be released at some point this year. Can you tell um, us which drag queen? It's Domino Official. Uh, Instagram flashed up on screen now. Um, I've been friends with Domino for ages, and they are a singer and a dancer. They used to be a dancer on a cruise ship, and I was like... And, and then we, we sort of just slowly talked about writing an EP together and it just sort of happened over lockdown because neither of us had anything better to do. Oh, I wish I was like that during lockdown. Like before I got a job, I mean, I'm relatively productive now, you know, because I get, I get paid for being productive. But before I had like six months in between graduating from uni or not graduating as we didn't actually get a graduation, which I'm still bitter about. Um, literally, like I saw all these people doing really productive things during lockdown. Like even if it was like baking, like baking an amazing cake or learning how to do something. And I was just there like on TikTok and just doing nothing. But like, how did you get the energy to be productive? I feel like the whole pandemic just drained me of emotion, energy, and positivity. I got the energy through, um, I didn't. I stopped working nights because I stopped working. And all of a sudden I was like so much better and happy with myself. I had time to do whatever I wanted. If you could do whatever you wanted, like absolute ideal job, what is it? I mean, yeah, something to do with music, but what specifically? Um, I would be a composer producer working with a working with one artist. I would be behind the scenes because my ideal like situation is that I can get paid for doing what I love, and it's something in the arts, and I, I get somebody really famous, but I can still go to the shops. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm not even bothered about that. I, I I would just like somebody to go. Hello, would you like to write me a a, a single will do and I'll go yes here is my right that's all I want in life to just be have you tried Daisy are you on Daisy do you know what Daisy is I don't I don't know what that is oh you need to check it out so I will say this for everyone as well so Daisy spelled D-A-I-S-I-E I think um basically it's set up by Maisie Williams uh Aria from Game of Thrones and it's like this online creative collaboration community so you sign up for free and it's all types of creatives like artists musicians everyone all around the world and people put out advertisements for like projects so they put out advertisements for music projects like art projects and then you just message people asking like to be on it and you can get involved with all these different like online projects with other creatives this sounds a lot like um the dots don't know if you know oh yes yeah i know yeah yeah it is very similar we should stress however that the women's workshop is the best creative um 
community on on the on the line so exactly and in our one you know it's just for women i actually got a really bitchy message from um i because i set up a tiktok account for the women's workshop ages ago like before i'd even properly set it up and i was just like do you want to be a female artist and i got this really arsy comment from this guy being like uh, why is this excluding men from this opportunity? Like, I don't understand. Can you just ex explain, please? And I should have gone back to him with like a billion statistics because there's so many. Speaking of, uh, if you want to find out about statistics about how women are underrepresented in the arts, theatre, music, painting, drawing, etc., there's a highlight on my Instagram story, the women's underscore workshop, um, just in case, you know, you don't believe us because the underrepresentation and the unappreciation is real. Can you tell us any upcoming releases or exciting projects you're going to be working on? Anything coming out soon? So, 31st of March, um, there will be a Bandcamp exclusive EP. It'll be a Bandcamp exclusive for a bit, and then it'll go on Spotify and Apple Music, called System Meltdown, spelled C-I-S, T-E-M, Meltdown, because it's a play on the word cisgender. I see what you did there. Very clever. funny. It will cost <laughs> it will cost £5 on Bandcamp, but there will be a limited run of discount codes going on my Instagram uh, for the month after. So from the 31st of March to the end of April. Did you have any like specific themes that you explored in the EP? Was there anything that inspired it or is it sort of just a jumble of loads of creative ideas? So I wrote some songs. They all sounded really good and they just needed to get out there. There's no specific theme that other than I'm Mimi Midi and here is my music. Have you ever made any, apart from one, I know you made one and we can promote this in a sec, but um, have you ever made any music videos or have a desire to make music videos? There are two music videos on my YouTube channel. Uh, one is for a song called Get Nothing From Lying, which is on Pink. And the other is for uh, Why Don't We Play It Cool, which will be on System Meltdown and is currently available as a single on Spotify. And it's also the fantastic on Bipolar Abdul, the love of my life. <laughs> it is a great music video and also a great song that is the song i have been playing on repeat and will surely get sick of soon because i am getting to the point where i have listened to it a little too much okay i think it's time to move on to our hall of fame which is where we discuss um a woman chosen by emmy uh, our artist interviewee um and someone who's inspired her work so would you like to tell us who you've chosen for this week so if if by now you looked up the Mimi gloves, you know who I'm talking about. It is the woman who I stole my name off, Imogen Heap. Now, I love this woman. I saw her live and I cried through the entire hour. I think it might have been two hours even. I'm surprised you had any water left in you. And salt. Yeah. You must have been very dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I love her so much. She's got creativity, um, like especially if you see like all of her outfits she gets she hires local designers to hire all of her outfits for gigs um all of her backdrops are so incredible um all of the music all is all written and performed by her and then she goes into technology as well it's, i just love her to bits and anybody who is interested in like music should definitely know who imogen heap is 
Oh God, I don't know who Imogen Heap is. I mean, I do know her through you because you've talked about her a lot, but I haven't actually ever listened to her. So I'm probably actually Everybody... quite a good person to interview you about this because I know nothing about her. So tell us about why you're interested in her, genre of music, just a bit about her. So genre of music, electronic pop music. Of course. Um, I heard I was a horrible little metalhead for most of my life. And then I heard um, Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap. And I just, I was blown away by how amazing a song could be. Everybody will have heard Hide and Seek. And if they haven't heard it, they'll have heard Jason Derulo sample it. Oh, um, wait, how does it go? The middle eight section is the, mm, what you say? Oh, that you only men were. Oh no, that reminds me of Gossip Girl. Because they always used to, they always used to play that in Gossip Girl whenever something dramatic happened. So I heard that song and was blown away by how how much soul could be in a piece of music. And now I own every single one of her records. Um, I've bought her singles. I've seen her live. In fact, you might be able to see it. I have a signed ticket to one of her gigs behind me. I met her after the gig because I was crying throughout the whole thing. Um, she saw me and I was sat next to the um, person who was promoting the gig and they went, do you want to come and meet her afterwards? Because like, and I was just like, yes, yes I do. Oh my God. I couldn't speak. The first I'm... words I said to her were, I'm Imogen too. And I felt like a complete idiot oh. because I just had no other words in my body. Oh, I'm so jealous you got to meet your icon. Like, but I do think if I'd have met like my icon or someone I was obsessing over at the time, I probably would have just passed out. Like I used to like, oh, I have so many like, guilty pleasures like musical skeletons in the in the wardrobe i feel like closet doesn't sound right when you say it in english but whatever so i used to have a massive crush on danny donahue lead singer of the script i just and i went to see him in dublin and he looked i swear to god he looked me dead in the eyes for like a good five seconds and no one else believes me but it was true did imogen look you in the eyes oh yeah she sat for one of the uh, guitar song by fru fru which was the band she was in before she was a solo musician. She sat down on the edge of the stage and just looked at me throughout the entire song. I'm not surprised I cried. I would have cried. I cried from the entire through the entire gig. The entire <laughs> gig. Oh. Do you think she's inspired your music and ha like who you are as well? Definitely. I wouldn't be making electronic music. I probably wouldn't have gone for a degree in music and a master's in music because of her. Um, I definitely wouldn't be called Imogen. And <clears throat> that's that's the biggest thing for me. She gave me my name. Whether she wanted to or not, she gave me my name. Apart from Imogen, who do you who else inspires you? What other musicians? Anybody who knows me personally will know that I have a select five musicians that exist in my brain rent-free. Uh-huh. Imogen Heap, Bjork, from the Icelandic experimental musician who honestly gave me so much life. Um, Grimes, though her husband's a bit of a fucking weirdo. I really, really love her music. John Cage, who is the godfather of experimental music man wrote a song that was four and a half minutes of complete silence is that writing a song though is that not just well pressing record? here's the here's the idea it's actually more of an art piece 
Mm -hmm. um, the idea is that the piano player will go and sit at the piano, um, turn his timer on, or their timer on, I should say. Uh huh. And then every room sounds different. Every night you're going to have a different audience, so they're going to sound different. So it's about not listening to the music, it's about listening to what's around you. See, I like that, but I wouldn't call it music. I'd call that, like, experimental sound art, because we did a lot of that stuff, like, on our art course, but I don't... Uh, it depends if you get into a whole debate about, like, what is music and what is art, but I'd say that's more like experimental sound art. That's why I say it's experimental music. Anyway, who's your fifth? And then the fifth... The fifth is the most embarrassing Oh, I'm one. excited. Come on. Who it's is a it? Band from Dan- it's a band from Denmark called Cryoshell who wrote the music for the adverts for the Bionicle toys. I don't know the Bionicle toys. I'll flash a picture of them up on screen for anybody who's interested. Um, Bionicle is a basically buildable action figures that like Lego... Um, put out in the early 2000s how did the theme and, go oh they, there was so many there was one which was this really nice like it was like an evanescency metal song it was so cool and at the time when i was a kid and i just loved i loved rock music and metal and i loved these amazing like creatures that lego brought out all came together and they live in my head rent free because of this <laughs> What like why are they one of your favorite musicians? Like why do they inspire you? They, they just because they like that is the dream to work for such a big company. Yeah, to get to get your music <laughs> in the brain of so many kids for so long. They bought out their first song that was on an advert in 2007 and I'm still thinking about it. To be fair, Ad, like there's so many adverts that just live in my head like do you remember um this isn't even a song but you know like hastings direct oh eight hundred double oh ten sixty six and i will remember that number until the day i die yeah we should say not advertised oh we, right we are not, not we are not we are not we are not sponsored <laughs> um and also like the mercedes one with the chickens did you watch that uh, yeah there's down there's one, I would think it was a Volvic one, and it was a baby's roller skating, and it really fucking freaked me out. And I remember that as well. No, for Evian, the water. Yes, no, I remember that. I feel like adverts are way less, like, way less cool and creative, though. Like, if you look at adverts from the 80s, they were really creative, but also, to be fair, they were really creepy. There was some really, there was a really creepy one with Ronald McDonald leading these two children into, like, a forest of candy, and... I know it was all meant to be very innocent, but it was just a little bit suspect. You need to watch adverts for kid toys from the 90s and early 2000s because they are like taking hardcore hallucinogenics. <laughs> they are amazing. I wish they made adverts like that now. Like adverts are so boring, especially the yogurt ones. It's just like a woman with nice skin smiling at the camera while she spoons a yogurt in front of her face. This yogurt can help you lose weight or you don't need to lose weight. You look fine already. If you want to lose weight, that's up to you. See, I would buy that. Um, yogurt, <laughs> some eggs. Like the women who shave their legs and like, but they're already shaved. That's what annoys me the most about like Venus adverts. Like they're literally shaving smooth legs. What is the point? 
Right, okay, I think it's time for us to move on, unless you have any other inspirations, to our big question of the evening. Yeah, straight. Uh, we should say that any artists, uh, any musicians that I have mentioned will be put on a playlist that on Spotify, and they will you'll be able to find that on our Instagram. Our big question of tonight is uh, based on an essay that Emmy wrote for uni, I'm guessing? It was for my master's degree. And it is titled Women in the Music Industry and Does Gender Affect Creativity and How? So you're the expert on this, so you can start us off. The short answer is no, gender doesn't affect creativity. No matter what gender you are, you are capable of creative thought. However, dun, dun, dun. Um, sociological factors may lead to people not expressing these creative thoughts. For example, there is a study. You'll be able to find all the studies and this essay on the Women's Workshop website when it goes live. Uh, I can't remember who did the study, but it showed that women have less access to creative technologies than men, mm -hmm. uh, on average. Um, women that are, I believe it's from Central and Northern Europe, have, and between the ages of 17 and 27, are 36.6 times more likely to have not had any creative technology um, access to creative technology than a man in the, oh. in the same demographic in the same location. Sadly, that like doesn't even surprise me. Do you, do you think it's a matter of gender as much as it's a matter of misogyny? Do you think it is to do with misogyny or do you think it's just to do with like culture? <laughs> I mean, I culture is that, misogynistic, so. Yeah, I think that the underlying um, sociological uh, construct that some people think that certain genders are below is a big thing for it. There are some very obvious um, grey areas in all of the studies that I looked at, whereas they don't look at non-binary people and they don't look at people that were assigned a gender that they no longer identify as in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we don't know how that works, but cis women uh, undoubtedly have less access to creative technologies than cis men what like what do you think actually lies at the heart of like the misogynistic tendencies in the music industry though do you think it comes from the sort of big bosses in charge or do you think it's more i don't want to say like i don't think this makes sense but like systemic misogyny like unintentional misogyny or do you think it's someone enforcing their misogyny on others I, don't think I think there's a view in the music industry that women tend to be singers and performers and that's it. And they don't write any of their own music. They don't do any of that stuff. Because And then when they go into a studio, a producer, who they all tend to be men. I went did a music production course that was in, as a master's and an undergrad student. It was basically all men. They go in, they see the woman, they go, oh, singer, doesn't know, doesn't know dick about shit. Just, I'm going to talk down to them and what have you. They don't know that, that woman, yeah, that woman may be, for example, a master's degree holder in music production and knows exactly what they want to do it, do and how to do it. And they get talked down to for hours on end. 
Oh, I find it so frustrating. I just get so fucked off with the whole patriarchy. Like, why can't you just give women something? Like, what do you think? What do you think is the solution to this problem? Like, what small steps can we take as individuals to make a change in the music industry for women? Like I said, um, a matter of finding those people, like, who work as producers and as songwriters, not as performers, to push forward and show that, show to young girls that you can do this you can do all these technical roles and you can make money and have fun doing it we need to find people like Imogen Heap, Bjork, Sophie and say look these people are like you and they are doing this and they are and that should have more like get more young people and girls in general uh, thinking about the music industry and wanting to join it which would make growth and whether if there's more women in an area or if there's more of any gender in an area it's less likely for that gender to be talked down to because when there's more of you you'll be seen as an equal it's so hard sometimes when you're very frustrated with the entire system that's sort of built not to serve you like this is what i think when i'm rambling on about feministy things but like it's always educated women to like protect themselves and defend themselves and change themselves to fit the society that has been built for men. <laughs> and that's what frustrates me so much because I'm like, why should we, like, can't society adapt for us? Like, so we can all live here rather than us having to adapt for society. Yeah, it's, re it's really um, frustrating since coming out. I have been... Um, the victim of quite a lot of sexism, well, yeah. misogyny. Somethingism. It's it's probably so easy for men to realise that they're not that they're doing a bad thing. No, I know. I so I think normalized. that's the problem. It's so subtle. Everything everything we believe is so subtly ingrained in you that you wouldn't even know that saying something or doing something like to a woman was. Not necessarily offensive. It's like stuff like men expecting women to like be nice and polite and smiley all the time. It's the same sort of concept. It's like if there's like a woman in a position of power, like working in an office or whatever, she's often sort of referred to as like bossy or like the bitch boss or like, but she just acts in the same way as a man acts in that position, like in order to survive in that industry. And yet they get treated completely differently to how a man is treated, despite acting the exact same, just being assertive and telling people what they want. Yeah, we should start calling motherfuckers out when they say that's when they try and control your lang language and your um, being and your like how you how you act and your personality we should say no i am not finished if we get interrupted we should start calling people out and telling people where they are wrong and we it's fighting fire with fire and it's probably not a good thing but it's probably the best thing that we can do at the minute i think it's easier when you've got sort of people behind you or you're with someone who can 
stand up with you because I find it hard to be assertive because I'm such a people pleaser like super polite like I just don't know how to if someone says something that I'm slightly uncomfortable with or like like I'm happy to disagree with people and have debates with someone but if someone says something to me for example which I find is like talking down to me or patronizing whatever I just don't say anything because I just don't feel strong enough and I feel like just my internal I was talking to my mom about this I think women are taught to be very polite and sort of like you have to please people and I think so it doesn't come naturally because it's not been taught to us naturally that we should just be assertive and be like no I want this even though that's such a like so much easier which is why I think a lot of cisgender heterosexual women like yourself you should take a look at what lesbians and trans women do whenever they are given abuse for being lesbian or trans or a woman they go no this is why you're wrong you need to start getting aggressive because um, for a lot of men that's what they understand i know but i'm not an aggressive person <laughs> but i, know, I will but it, i find it easier to stand up for someone else than i do to stand up for myself i think yeah. <laughs> i like to i think. should say I should say, don't get aggressive, obviously, but you need to, like, you need to be assertive. Assertive. It's a good word. Yeah. Assertive. And if you, if you, if you struggle, like Ella, to stand up for yourself, but better for standing up for other people, think, don't think of it as standing up for yourself. If you are being the victim of misogyny, you need to take it upon yourself to stand up for any other woman that this person who is being misogynistic does this to. Yeah. You need to think of it as you think to, you need to think of it more pragmatically than individualistic. Like yeah. I said, Jesus Christ, I'm boring. <laughs> you're not boring. You're informative and feministic. It's the best way to be, and that's what this is about. I just last thing before we will stop. But um I think it's also about unpicking the things you've been taught, which you've grown up to now realize are not right like for example catcalling when I was younger I didn't really like understand you know I used to get catcalled like walking into town all the time and I used to feel happy that I had been catcalled because I felt validated and that I was pretty and now when someone catcalls me I'm like who the fuck are you looking at you don't have the right to sexualize and objectify me just fuck off in your big white van with all your builder friends and I know that's a stereotype but most of the people who have catcalled me have been men in white bands. Just saying. Yeah. I that's happened to me a lot in nightclubs where I I'm quite a quiet person in a nightclub. I prefer to sit down than dance. So I'll be sat down on my own and somebody will come and sit next to me and start talking to me and I will be visibly uncomfortable because I do not want them to be near me. And when I, and I'm just at the time, I was like, at a time, I should say, I was like, oh, this person wants to talk to me. This is a good thing. I'm, I am accepted. I am, I am attractive. I feel validated as a woman. And now it's just like, oh my God, I, I was in so much danger because I just was visibly uncomfortable, but they weren't going away. They didn't, they couldn't see past a woman to somebody who was frightened 
I think this is why we need communities like this as well and we need groups to be able to talk about things we've gone through like support each other raise each other up because I think it does give you more confidence to be assertive and to like tell people what your views are and to speak up for yourself a lot more because I think when you've got you feel like you've got people behind you and you've got people who are supporting you you feel more inclined to support yourself exactly um this community is going to be so important for not only what you've said but also building bridges between artists so we can actually create more collabs and start supporting each other in smaller ways and more personal ways than on a grand scale and it's what we need because if no one else is going to do it for us do it ourselves but also uh speaking of um so in the next week or so uh we will be hosting a networking event it's going to be very informal i was thinking wine and dine night just like put a zoom link out and like we can all meet each other like face to face so we're not just all like floating names on instagram um so we'll set the date we'll release it in a couple of days and let you know what day it's going to be but if you fancy coming along for an evening just getting to know us like literally just chatting about anything everything women art then feel free to come along it will be posted on instagram and twitter shortly um okay so i think we are drawing to an end after our little discussion do you have anything left you want to get to me no i think it's just time to wrap our outro okay right so in this podcast we have talked about uh how gender does not affect creativity but fucking misogyny does so i mean it's pretty simplistic in a way but also fuck the fucking patriarchy and that is the basic takeaway here um, we've also mentioned our ugly art competition on Instagram, the women's underscore workshop um, and our networking event, which we'll be talking about soon. And Immy, if you just like to one more time promote yourself and where people can find your music. Absolutely. So on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Immy Midi. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music or the streaming lot and on Bandcamp. Just look for Immy Midi. Just literally search it no one else has that name no one else is dumb enough to have that name i'm also running the twitter profile for the women's workshop which is at women's work underscore shop um you'll be able to find loads of blogs and essays that i write on the website when that eventually goes live and also i did mention it this podcast will be available on youtube we'll be giving weekly content on youtube and on tiktok too <laughs> right okay well thank you everyone so much for listening and we hope we provided you with some valuable discussion and uh we'll see you next week with mystic illustrations i.e sasha smith so we look forward to talking to you sasha and goodbye goodbye <laughs>